Welcome, Abby, to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yep. Okay. Now, and it's just crazy. Um, I was telling Ben about our convo the other day. Yeah. And I was just saying, like, it feels weird because we've gone through uh, grief, but people are going through different types of grief. And it's kind of like, you don't really, you can't really, even though it's, it's still grief, but you can't really relate. Right. Like, and I was saying to him, like, at the time when I lost my mum, it just felt so normal to, it didn't feel normal at the time. But mm. but fast forward five years, I feel like, it's just like losing parents is one of the most common things that people are going through that I'm seeing mm. over this past couple of years. And it just feels like, damn, like, okay, it's, it's kind of it's kind of being normalised now, but I think it's still hard because some people don't really know how to, um, like, deal with it. Or some people deal with it in different ways. Not everyone's method is talking and being or doing podcasts or joining groups. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But I, but I think that's all dependent on people's, it's just how, how they are. Like, because I, I, I don't think this was easy to, to begin with to talk about. Like, I used to get triggered so easily, so many different things. And then I don't even know what it was that just made me kind of like snap out of it. But like, before I know it, the one minute I, I can't even um talk about mom without crying the next minute I'm, I'm talking about it like a sip it's just i'm talking about anything Literally. like so it's just um and, and i know and i know we spoke about your story and things like that but just for like well most people listen and mostly ben as well like just talk us through like the beginning of your of your journey with with your loss yeah so I guess I'll say it's the most recent loss. So there's been other losses along the line, but I guess that's the most recent one. And that was over two and a half years ago now. Um, And that was my husband. Um, So yeah, technically, you know, I'm I'm a widow. So over two and a half years ago, my husband was involved in a car accident Um, and yeah, head-on collision with a van or a lorry and died immediately. So at that time I was um, at work, had no idea what was going on. So I think it had happened at the early hours of the morning and he was away, so he worked away um, for a few days. So I was expecting him back in a few days and probably catch up later in the day. So, you know, this had happened in the early hours of the morning. I had gotten up gotten the kids ready. We have three children, by the way, um, and gone to work, was in a meeting. As soon as I come out of the meeting, I get a phone call from my sister saying, oh, there's the police at the door. Just like, the police? I'm thinking through, like, hmm, why would the police be at my door? You know, you're kind of ticking off the things, like, do I have road tax, insurance, who did I hurt, who's looking through? Yeah, and you're like, no, 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 no. I think we're good. The police shouldn't be looking for me. So I was quite puzzled. Um, And I just told her to put them on the phone. And she was like, oh, they want to know where you work so they can come. And I was just like, put them on the phone. So um, for one reason or the other, she had to hang up. And um, when she hung up the phone, I tried calling, I tried calling back, I tried calling back. For like 10 minutes, I couldn't reach her. And I was just, it was so strange um, because it was just, it was the 31st of August. So the kids are about to start school. 
um, in a few days. So they were still on summer yeah. holidays and my sister was looking after them. And I was just like, okay, I know that they're all at home. So then I was getting worried, like, does something happen to the children or, you know, what's going on? So I couldn't get through to them. Called my sister back, called the house phone, called my sister back, called the house phone until she eventually picked up and she, um, I think it was the police that picked up or she said something that the police want to speak to me. And then the police officer said, oh, we need to know where you work so we can come. I was just like, listen, who, what's, what's happened? Yeah, what, what do you want? Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then he said to me, I heard him say, um, everybody in your home is okay. And my stomach just turned because I just knew that there was something wrong. You know, when someone yeah. is saying something, but you know, behind those words, there's more. And yeah. my stomach just turned and he was like, just tell us where you work, we'll come to you. I was like, I work 40 minutes from home and I know there's something wrong. So I, I can't wait for you guys. So I'm like literally shaking as I speak. Can you tell me what's happened? And I don't think they're allowed to. So um, he gave the phone back to my sister and he had told my sister at this time. And my sister just screamed down the phone that you oh, know, wow. my husband had been involved in the fatal accident and I just I dropped the phone and I just I think I screamed and I dropped the phone and this is like I work in a corporate environment so there's offices people are busy working away and like I'm sure the whole office must have heard because people came to kind of find out what was going on I couldn't speak anymore I just dropped my phone and um yeah I just remember saying you know my husband, my husband, like I was, you know, like in those movies, kind of rocking backwards and forwards and like, and then I just stopped talking. Um, so yeah, then the police came and then I had to go um, and identify him and the police had to take me there and it was a four hour journey to where I was. Um, yeah, and that like, I remember just even going there, like people were talking to me Apparently it was like on the news and all of that stuff, but, and people were calling me on my phone, but like, I just, I was just like, still puzzled, like what's going on? Um, the police officer would tell me and I'd nod and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I know, but we're going to see him, right? Um, so I don't think, you know, I really understood and yeah. probably was in a sense of shock and bearing in mind at this point I had, an 11 month old baby hanging on my arm as well. So I had to take her with me um, as well. And my mum came with me and yeah, till I got to the hospital. And then I was like, oh wow, this, this is real. Like I expected to go up to like the hospital uh, ward and see him like connected to a machine or something like that. But then they took me down the back of the hospital to this like bereavement suite where there's like a little couch and you have to sit down and they kind of talk to you first and then I, I was so scared mm. previously in the lobby and um, before I got in there there was an older couple who were just casually talking in the hospital did you see that accident that happened did it and I think I just burst like the police officer was trying to signal to them to keep quiet yeah. But they were just, you know, talking about it because it was on the news, everything. And I think that's when I really realised that, oh, wow, this is real. And that was the day my life changed in a way that I could 
not ever imagine. So my husband was 31 when he when he died. And um, yeah, I was the same age as well. Um, so that day, like I woke up or maybe I wasn't, but like I went to sleep being a wife and everything was normal. And I wake up and I'm a widow. Like it's, it's surreal because you don't think that at this age or at that age, yeah, that something like that would happen. And yeah. my husband was like a health freak. So he was very into nutrition. This guy didn't even have a hole in his teeth, no cavities, like really fit and healthy on top of his food, strong. So you don't, you don't, it doesn't even go to your mind that something like that yeah. could happen. Um, and I, I guess, and, and I think with other people who have loved ones who've been sick, there's still a shock to it. So I don't think mm. anything can ever happen that will actually make you believe that someone's yeah. gonna die. Um, but yeah, this for me, it was a real shock because it was the last, last thing on our radar like we got married when we were 21 and you know had no money all of that love we got love that's yeah all, that's all. we had love it was enough yeah that and then um we you know just built grew worked together sacrificed all of that stuff and I think we were getting to a point in our lives where it's like oh we're gonna like enjoy all the sacrificing that we've done all of this hard work that we've put in you know all these goals that we have you know we're almost there and then yeah death just comes in and you're like oh wow for real so this happened and that was that will be three years in August and I can say there are days that I'm still like oh wait so so this is real like this, this really happened. And I think that's just the thing with grief sometimes. Um, even though you accept or you go through all the motions, there's still those days that you're like, oh, wow, so this really happened. Yeah, 100%. Like, I, I, feel like, I feel like that every other day, just like, wow, like, these, these cars I've been dealt are actually real. Like, it's right. like, you know, it's just, it's crazy. And but that's, that's the thing, what you said earlier about, um, you know, your partner being this and like healthy not even like not even something and it's like a, a a car like I don't know it's, it's just one of those things that makes you kind of think like I'm not saying that people who you know who are not healthy and people who have issues yeah. you know it's, it's never it's never good to die but it's like it comes with some sort of understanding whereas you know I don't even know if that's that's even the right yeah. that's even right to say that but I don't mean it like to say that they deserve what's happened to them, but you just kind of think someone who's healthy, you know, the same way the days people say, oh, people who, yeah, the, the people who, who are young, like, they, it's, it's more kind of a shock because you assume that when you're young, you're healthy, you don't have any issues, mm-hmm. as opposed to when you're older, even though it's still a shock as well, but it's like, when you reach a certain age, usually being 70, it's like you've, one can say you've lived, you've lived a fulfilled life if you've made it past that age, but someone who hasn't even gone to 40 or or hasn't hasn't even seen through the phase, you you they see that more as a tragic story. It is a tragic story, but it's more so because of age and and it just goes back to our conversation we had prior to today about 
you know people often just don't think these things happen to people at that age but the reality is that we don't the rising expectation is, is different yeah. we don't we don't um we can't uh control that and as much as we we have this idea of you know what um yes we're going to grow to a certain age and then we're going to do that certain age, but we don't we don't we don't we don't work like that i i would have thought you know i would bury my parents at a certain age but then i'm doing i've done it at 24 like you know it's just it's just weird like and i don't know how you felt about that in terms of when you think of sin, when you can widowhood and, and this whole age thing, like you don't often think, do you often feel like it's not young, it's not supposed to happen when you're young or are you just like, it, it can happen? Yeah, I mean, now I know better. Um, I had, funny enough, like before my husband died, I had um, just randomly like come across like a, a family that had sort of been widowed and um, I was just like, wow so this this can happen and um so I like I knew that people could become widowed young but it just it seemed like this far away thing for me and I even remember specifically praying and just being like oh god you know I won't be widowed um and my husband won't be widowed either but I've 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 dealt like I've dealt with grief a bit like I've Prior to my husband dying, um, a friend of mine passed away who was actually younger than me a couple of years before that. Uh, um, a stepbrother as well who was 11. So I've seen people who are young mm-hmm. die. And um, I think my first experience of, of, of being bereaved was probably at about five years old when one of my cousins who was like... Uh, uh, a best friend to me um mm-hmm. who's around my age as well passed away so I, I I know that young people can die but you just you just kind of live your life for a bit and you're just like you're just in this little fantasy world or this little bubble aren't you because you're just yeah. like you know but um it's it's some because of the journeys that I've been on I understand that, you know, it, it can happen to young people, but even just the term widow, like, <laughs> it's, you know, when you think of widow, what do you think of? You usually think of someone in their 60s, someone who's like 70 maybe, and they've been together for a long time and, you know, either the husband or the wife, you know, has passed away. But you don't think of someone in their early 30s. And um, like I was saying to you the other day, if you're old enough, I guess the mindset that I have now is if you're old enough to be married, you're old enough to be widowed. So if the legal age is 18 or 17 or whatever it is to be married, that's the legal age for someone to technically be widowed, right? Because um, this life... But culturally, we, we culturally we don't we don't think of that. Of we course like, not. No. No. Yeah, like you don't you don't think, and especially in um, I'm not saying it isn't like this in in, in other cultures, but especially in African cultures, mm. what usually follows is when you think of marriages. Okay, let's do the wedding, the tribe to do this, do that. Mm. Then it's a matter of um, uh, you know how. Okay, you've done a trial, you've done a wedding. Oh, when's the when's the baby coming? Right, 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 right. You know, then it then it's not oh, it's not like oh you exactly like when you you know when you go to um some some people do it 
when you go to well, a lot of people probably do when you go to pre-marriage counseling you think okay how you what's your finances like how are you together what does he or she you know where do you two meet where do you two kind of um find a balance you don't think of in eventually in the in the event of someone passes away well maybe they might do is a life insurance what if you become a widow have you have you guys talked about that because marriage you just think of the good times normally there are bad times but the bad times you think about are not usually associated with oh if if you were to go away just if if we're having a rocky patch having an argument you know is he going to sleep on the sofa today or is, or is it do you know what I mean it's, you don't you don't think of when you're longer here and then it's different but I guess for you it's different because there's widowhood and there's, there's marriage in terms of a new, a new couple so they're navigating through the different things but then when it's, you're married and you have children it's, it's kind of a different scenario so you kind of have to think for yourself and for them as well so right. like like how was that like how was how did that impact them in terms of um you know losing their dad yeah so um so I grew up in a single parent household. So, um, you know, it's something that I never really wanted my kids to experience, not because it's bad, you know, um, my mum did what she could, but just because I know the benefits of having both parents, you know, around um, if you can. So it's all, it's always been quite, like I've always been quite happy that they've had that sort of upbringing and, you know, it's it it's some it was something that filled my heart that they could you know run to mummy and daddy you know um because my parents split up quite young but yeah I I remember having to you know come back from the hospital that day and you know having to tell the kids and yeah that broke my heart like just to see their faces to be like what daddy died and my son who was eight at the time just started crying my daughter started crying she was probably three I think then and then the baby obviously didn't really understand what was going on anyway mm. um but yeah it it it's it was just like a new journey and it just felt a little bit like a slap in the face because it's like this thing that I never wanted to be like I didn't want to be a single parent I'm now forced into single yeah. parenthood and my kids have to experience what it's like not to have um, their dad with them, you know, that, so it was like a double pain for me in one sense, but then even for the children, um, you know, it was difficult because they, they were used to either if their dad wasn't around, if he was working away, they could call him, you know, they would see him so yeah, they'd, they'd cry a lot at the beginning. I remember at bedtimes, that's when, you know, all the emotions would come out. Everyone would cry and be upset. I miss daddy, this and that. Um, yeah, they'd get upset at school. They'd, it, just the normal, the normal emotions that come with grief. And I think just sometimes culturally from an African background, people kind of, be like oh the kids don't know they don't they won't remember but like I said before because I've experienced loss at the age of like five six I remembered I remember I know the loss I know what was going on and I remember people at that time telling me um oh you don't like my auntie saying oh 
you don't even know what's going on. Like, do you really know what's going on? And I was like, I do. You'd be surprised, um, man. Yeah. So I didn't take I didn't take it lightly that oh my kids are quite young. They won't really understand what's going on. Um, I was intentional about them going through the process and even going to the funeral, like my two older ones when I didn't want them to come. Obviously, naturally as a parent, you want to shield them. But then I got some advice from like our pastor to say that, you know, when they grow older, they might feel resentful that they didn't get to say their goodbyes. And um, it's, I guess, even the funeral, like the sending home is actually part of the mourning and the grieving process. And it's quite important. And um, I know like from my culture, like parents and older people don't really go where it's a younger person um and sometimes you know children don't go and stuff but yeah my children when uh, my son helped to like dig the the mud over and you know you have sort of burial rituals like you have to like throw over the first bit of so I, I didn't do anything because I was just like I can't I think yeah. I was in a daze that day like wow so this really happened um but yeah they were part of it and they've obviously been able to grieve and they still grieve like there's still milestones that come up birthdays anniversaries um celebrations just moments that come up and um I think they have the free space to to say how they feel but thankfully the good thing about kids is they're resilient they kind of they feel what they're feeling they could be kicking Mm. in and throw a big fuss and then you're like oh do you want some ice cream they're like yeah that's my ice cream so um they're kind of innocent minded like that but you know my heart breaks my heart breaks for them a little bit um a lot actually but um it's yeah it's a lot better for them and they've gotten like help and counseling at school and um I think you know they have they have the free space to speak so even my youngest who's who was 11 months when her dad died um you know will tell you now oh my daddy's in heaven so our goldfish died the other day and we would we were like um does the fish go to like a fishy heaven or (laughs) the same heaven and my youngest daughter was like can the fish go to the same heaven that daddy's in I'm like yeah sure I mean why not (laughs) so um it's just you know for some people it may be odd to talk about death so freely um but we we really had no choice so it was either I have those conversations with them and allow them to process grief because they'll have different elements of that grief, you know, different ways through their life. Like when they get married or when they, you know, are having children or whatever, mm. they'll, they'll feel the the pangs of that loss. And um, so if we don't talk about it and learn how to process it now, then I'm not, I'm not really helping them. So I guess when I began to face the fact that, okay, this is actually real, how can I, help my kids um have the right tools to be able to deal with like loss and bereavement um Mm -hmm. going forward because there will be moments where they they get down about it um but if they kind of know how to process it or know that it will pass or you know feel their feelings sit with it whatever you do 
then I think they'll be able to manage it and I hope they'll be able to manage it better as they grow but it's it's not been easy I've definitely been quite angry at times that they've like their innocence per se is gone like Mm. in that that you know some kids are still thinking about you know butterflies and lollipops and although my kids do they they understand death like they really understand death um so yeah it's been it's been tough and just I guess realizing for myself then so I've spoken a bit about the kids but then myself that oh wow I'm actually a single parent so I have to make all these decisions by myself Mm. um you know it's you know I know oh there's a lot of people who are also single parents and for some that have, you know, um, fathers around or the kids can go there for the weekend or this and that, like, I'm, it's different for me. It's a hundred percent of the time. And there's no one to talk about some of their stuff and make decisions with, oh, what are they going to do? It's kind of all on me. So I've been learning how to make those decisions because if you remember, I was married for 10 years. So we used to make all of those decisions together. Mm. And then I realized that, oh, I actually have to do this myself. And I, I was like the researcher. So I'll get all the information. I'll be like, so here are the options that we have. And then my husband will make the decision. So now I have to do all of that. Um, and that can be quite overwhelming at times. But yeah, I'm learning to navigate through it. But yeah. Mm been challenging but i think i think i think i'm definitely at a more balanced place for sure like that that's good but i feel like you're you're definitely a superwoman um (laughs) obviously we don't know the ins and out of the day to day but just just by where you're speaking about it and how you speak of your kids like that you're doing an amazing job um and and it's so tough because like to just to be at a place where normally you're you're used to thinking about something and having someone to consult, not because you know you want them to get the approval, just so, just to have another set of ears to listen to certain things and think, okay, you know, okay, maybe I've heard what you said, maybe mm-hmm. I can go with this, and like it's just tough. And even just like back to what you said about culture, because um, I'm I'm well, I'm Nigerian too, so I get that culture aspect of not wanting kids to go through certain things because we're protecting them. So like, even as far as uh, in Nigerian culture, and uh, I'm not sure if like this in Ghanaian culture, but Ben, but with Nigerian culture, it's almost as if um, as the eldest. So usually if you're, if a, if a, if a child dies, uh, the parents don't attend. The parents don't attend mm-hmm. and don't attend. And if, um, and usually what we tend to do is, with little children especially, we don't want them to see what's going on. Maybe because of fear of, oh, you know, how they're gonna put, you know, it might it might give them, you know, as this innocent, it might give them nightmares or it might give them, like scar them. But what you said, Abby, is important because I think the most important thing is, is not trying to scar them, but it's, it's allowing them to not have any um, issues uh, as, they, as, they, as they get older because as you said before, it might be it might be a thing of they might have resentment if they wasn't able to see their to see their um you know their dad get buried and things like that. Because I remember my, my my dad's funeral. I remember um at the time when we were going to see his body, and I was I remember just trying to show my sister 
uh, from not coming in. And at the time, I I thought I, I was you know doing the Big Brother thing, doing trying to be trying to you know not not allow you know yeah just protect her basically protect her. But looking back now, actually, if I had stopped that, who who knows what that would have caused? Even though it was hard for her, and I was I thought I was doing the right thing, but it's important to let them have the opportunity because you know like we don't want the the idea of closure to be kind of um, I would say tampered with. So it's it's important that everyone gets the same closure, no matter how hard it hard it is. And I think, you know, culture is culture, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, something you just got you've got to do what you gotta do. And and you have to um, you know, kids are, and I've said this before in a, in a previous episode, we had kids are smarter than we we give them credit for. Like Yeah, I think it was the episode with Mark. Yeah. And you were just we had, talking yeah. about how um little kids know a lot more than you think when it comes to like loss you yeah. know and um so i think we shouldn't really um show them but i think just letting them know that oh this is what happened to dad and obviously this is how it's it, it's going to be so you're making them aware mm. that you know um you can't do anything about it but we can still move on with life and obviously it's going to be hard but we'll get you know to the other side you know, and and I think an important thing um he mentioned was one, and you kind of touched on it as well, Abby, is um keeping um keeping the lot keeping them in conversation. So like with him, he lost his uh his his dad, and he was talking about how he's how he still they still talk about for the they still talk about grandpa. So keeping a conversation where you said earlier about you know fishy heaven oh your child saying oh is daddy is daddy in the same heaven as daddy so at least even those little things yeah it's still do you know what i mean it's still something it still kind of keeps their name alive because you know there was there, i mean they was gonna know their dad you know so i think that that that's um as hard as it, it must be that's good but like it's, yeah it's like you're, you're managing two two things at once and none of us can even imagine like just the strength off the back of that and even just like the support like and I know you said you're, you're you're doing things alone but even just like support from you know uh your community of, of friends and family like how, how was that like did you feel like you had a lot of support oh yeah yeah absolutely so my friends um and family have been amazing um and I think that's really important when you're grieving um I think, you know, I haven't done much research into it, but I, I'm kind of digging a little bit into, you know, grief and how we how we show our grief. And I think in in these days we kind of manage our grief individually by ourselves, but in cultures before it's a collective type of community who mm. will wail with you and cry and you'll be there together and they will look after your kids and you will, you know, all of that stuff was done at a more community level. Um, so um, I think community is really, really important <clears throat> um, with like grief. Um, and it's been really helpful to me to have friends and family and loved ones to, to sort of pour into me and, you know, help me. And my church family used to come around and, you know, they had a rota for like cleaning and cooking and 
ironing and laundry and things like that that I couldn't in the earlier days I couldn't even that, that's process. that's amazing by the way I couldn't do mm-hmm. it but you know they came and they did these things they brought a meal I wasn't even thinking about food I wasn't eating the kids would be like oh we need to eat and I'm like oh yeah food okay <laughs> like it just wasn't on my radar um so people stepped in to help and support with that which then freed up my mind and allowed me to actually be able to process my grief so everybody's different some people find being busy and going back to work and going back to normality good but I'm I'm more I talk a lot but I'm in, I'm more introverted by nature so I need to process mm. and um, I need the space to the free space to do so so things like cleaning so helpful to me and making meals people picking up my laundry um I had friends that helped me financially as well for long periods when I wasn't working um and people that would come and pick up my kids, my friends, up until COVID, my friends would come from all over. So they would travel, even if they're not in this country and come spend weekends with me. And um, like, or people would invite us round on holidays and stuff like that. So um, for the most part, you know, we were quite busy and, you know, people were like caring for us and loving on us and all of that. And don't get me wrong, it's still quite lonely because the Monday to Friday that I'm doing the ins and outs are still there. The nights are really long, um, especially if you've had a long day with the kids and all of that. But just the support from my family and my friends and my church family, um, I think it, it contributed to my healing. It's like, you know, if you have a broken heart and people are just pouring love into you, like just filling up those gaps so yeah it was really really helpful for me and you know they're still here and I think the the challenge with that was initially um because I was used to having my dedicated person it's like who are all these people coming to help me like nobody's gonna be here for me you'll have like this attitude like everybody's gonna go away all of this stuff but then um, my heart actually got softened. Like God actually softened softened my heart to be like, you know, we we don't have anybody forever. So just appreciate the people that come into your life, actively embrace it. If someone can help you today, but they can't tomorrow, enjoy it for today. Yeah. Someone else tomorrow. Um, It will be someone else. So even the way I'm wired now is a little bit different because I was used to a one-on-one relationship and we would give each other for the most part what we need. Now my relationships look different in terms of, I have a wider circle of friends. I've made new friends, new community. I'm able to allow people to help me. I mean, if someone wants to come in and fold my laundry, I will happily let you. I would be feeling like, oh, you know, I can do this by myself because it's a lot. So I think I had to even go through a process of opening my heart to people and opening my heart to um, allowing people to help me because, you know, I'm independent. I was doing all this stuff by myself. Um, But yeah, I I had to like kind of lay that down. Um, But it it has been really, really helpful. And I think it's a really important part 
of the grief process to actually have a support network. And for those who have a support network, um, I think studies have proven that they actually get back on their feet sooner and they're able to like heal and, and, and do better and begin to start to move forward. So. Yeah, no, because I, I reason why I asked that because I feel like that is usually sometimes we think that's a given, but often, you know, that's not yeah. always the case for everyone. But yeah. when you have that support, honestly, it's the it's the it's the best thing. And because at the time you may not see it, you may just be like, oh, I just want people to because I'm I'm a quite introvert as well. I just like being alone for the most part. So mm -hmm. like sometimes people come to the house and whilst I'm I'm grateful, but it's like, okay, when are you when are you guys gonna leave? <laughs> Right. I just, I just want to go to my room and just like you know but it's, it's not me being ungrateful it's just that you know I'm just yeah it's like most space but I, but I, I'm, I appreciate people um doing the practical things like just bringing food and just making sure like because at that time you're not you're not thinking about anything but what's going on you 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 probably you probably cry at, like till till night and be hungry at the same time and you, you still won't eat because that, that emotion just takes over the body like so when people because i remember people just coming in with jollof rice this week lasagna every and i'm like at the time i'm like oh okay more more food more food. <laughs> i'm like listen I, I was i was grateful man like i can eat and not have to worry about so it's, it's these things and then it doesn't change things but you know that support and i think um that's what you said earlier i think that's the that's the the power of of not only just culture but the power of like people like you know you're, you're not alone and i think with we're moving forward to this point of where that when I think of grief, I think of like community now, even just which which is which would probably be a nice segue. Um, like even there's just the power of meeting people through like podcasts and mm -hmm. like we we've we've met so much people that has just literally just it's like just taking us in and we didn't even expect it by just and all yeah. we've literally done is just start this podcast. When we even started it, I remember, and I always kind of say it from time to time, when me and Ben were just brainstorming in, in um, Starbucks about I remember that. And, and as far as we didn't really think, oh, are we going to meet people who've been through this? Is it going to be, it's, it just thought literally, we didn't just start a podcast to, right. to record and talk. Right. But through it, there's been just, it's been amazing. The amount of people that, that has embraced us through, um, you know, going to different um, meetup groups, meeting different people mm -hmm. who've been through parental loss as well. People mm -hmm. who've lost siblings. Mm -hmm. um spouse lost all different types of loss that that bring us together and you, you kind of feel okay you know I'm not I'm not really in this alone like even though I don't these people are different to me but mm -hmm. we all have one thing in common we've all lost someone so it's like right. you just kind of sift through the small talk and you know okay you know that the most intimate thing about me but right. I still feel comfortable you know right. so that that's so like I'm thankful that we started it man and I know sometimes people's it's kind of cliche when people say oh, I didn't expect this to happen but generally I, I didn't yeah. I didn't like at all and, and I'm thankful for that like um which kind of brings me to like you know your your work your <laughs> podcast and like um like just talk us through like start starting that yeah so um yeah I have a podcast it's called um in every season and um, so you can find it anyway listen to podcasts so my I started that um almost two years ago now and um, why did I start then? I think I was at a period in my life, I had, um, I was almost coming up to a year into widowhood. I'd gone back to work, um, but I was just existing. Like I didn't, I wasn't on social media. I wasn't going out anywhere. Life just was, I, I would say it's tasteless. Like I was just doing 
um, didn't really find joy or enjoy anything. Um, but I remember when I go to work to get me through the day and in the car journey, I'd listen to this particular podcast and it was a states based podcast and they'd talk about, you know, different things. But the guy who started the podcast, um, his name is David Blackburn. He, I think the podcast is called Nothing Is Wasted and they had different stories of different people, but he himself was widowed quite young. Mm-hmm. And um, I think his wife was murdered, something really gruesome. Oh, wow. And um, yeah, he just interviewed people. So my favorite stories were obviously the people who were widowed and they they had um, a couple of couples that had come on and they had been widowed in their thirties, but then they're like sixties now. And when I say they, um, you know, some of them had been remarried and all of that. So they come back, like looking back and tell their stories. And some people are, you know, at the raw stages of widowhood. Um, and then I began to sort of reach out in social media. I looked around to see who else is like me, who else is young and who else is widowed. And any podcast from any well-known young and widowed person, I'd listened, I have listened to it already. I know them. Um, and I'd listened to these podcasts back to back to back over and over again. Like if it was a particular person and they're on this podcast and they're on that person, podcast I'd listen to all the podcasts and like it just it just made me feel comfort and it's that thing of community that ah wait there's someone out there who's like me there's someone out there who feels the same way that I feel and that means that I'm less alone so I did that and I just thought actually you know there I I didn't know of anything sort of UK based that spoke about some of these topics especially being young and widowed so I was like okay I'm gonna start a podcast because I know a few people who have been young and widowed so I I mentioned that my friend passed away and her husband was obviously young and widowed now and then um, I had been introduced to different people you know to be advisors to me and all of that so I reached out to them um, to tell their stories so the first season of the podcast is just about being young and widowed so a number of people including myself tell their stories and then as we go on through the seasons we're on season three now which is called Journey to Wholeness, um, we kind of just talk about different things. So we talk about um, parental loss. We talk about um, losing a child. Um, we talk about financial loss as well, like other other things oh, as diff- well. Different types of... Um, different types of loss, yeah. So it's not just, you know, being young and widowed. Yeah. But, um, you know, even in, the, even in that, there's um, still stories of people who are young and widowed, but it has a different spin on it so um yeah I guess it's it it's helpful for me to create that safe space where people can talk and there's just something about it that when you hear the stories like I did when I was yeah. listening to those podcasts you just feel that bit less alone you just feel yeah. like there's somebody out there who knows how I feel and you feel like sometimes when these people are explaining stuff you may not even have gone through what they've gone through. It may be a completely different story. But sometimes when people talk and share their stories, I believe 
they say words that you can't even articulate and you're like yes yeah that's yeah. what i mean <laughs> yes yeah, that's I what i time. felt like yeah and um there's just something comforting to know that all these things that you feel all these emotions um whether good or bad or you know the ups and downs in life that there's other people that are actually going through life too and it sounds a bit saddest but it just makes you feel less alone so um a lot of people listen to the podcast who aren't you know it's it's not just people who have been young widowed people from all walks of life who listen so um, and I think it's just having a um just creating a culture where people can talk about their stories in um authenticity with with authenticity because yeah a lot of the time we want to wait till the the fairy tale is kind of done and we're all glittery and glamorous on the other side we don't want to talk about it when we're in the thick of it and it's hurting and our nose is snotty and the tears are coming out of our eyes um but that's that's the place i think where the most power is to reach people because a lot of people are there hurting and you know and when you can just use words or tell your story and someone can feel you there's just something about that connection um and and it brings people together that's and and that's part of the reason I started the podcast I mean I didn't know it would go past the first season I just thought I'll just do this thing and then I realized that oh wait um it's gonna be two years now and Mm. I'm still going so um we're still here we will continue to go but Amen, yeah, man. that's that's a podcast. So it's, it was quite a long plug, but <laughs> no, listen, plug. Like, the plug can be as, as long as long as as listen. You can make that doesn't matter. Long, it, honestly, that's that's what it's about, man. And and that's and that's what what you don't expect because you know, like with, with grief, you're you're doing it from a place of sincerity. So mm. you know, you don't often think about maybe well I don't know maybe you wasn't thinking about these other things oh how long is this going to go for can I how long can I sustain this for it's just like how this is what I'm doing and in the process like because even like just hearing people so I'm like oh yes are are you too it's like a sense of like okay I'm not alone like Mm -hmm. like and it sounds weird but people die every day like it's not it's nothing uncommon but we find it so hard to talk about it because it's, it's such a there's such like a taboo around it like you know especially amongst different it's there's a taboo around grief but imagine the taboo amongst different types of grief like um just quickly like even grief about you know um i feel like i'm, I'm i keep re-plugging old episodes but i'm just i'm just using it to to, to make the point yeah so but yeah if you want to listen to old episodes they can but yeah but we had a we had a you had a, a guest um who had uh lost a sister as she died by suicide and now even like with that alone there's there's a we all know there's a taboo around that you know when you when you think of the word you know you you just you don't you don't you don't think of that the the act overshadows the person so that person could have been amazing but what people are going to think and it's not it's not like it's um it's just it's just it's just a natural instinct people what people are going to think of is is, oh oh oh, they died by suicide oh what was that person like You, you just think about the 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 final um the final thing you know yeah. and I feel like that's that's like with grief it's like we don't often speak about these things because again we're so tabby, but, I, but I, I just feel like being in this space and being um someone 
people who've been through it like it's important to share the different things because because what it is there's there's things that all go through but i think it's just a matter of like scared to seem oh you why are you thinking about that you shouldn't be thinking about that what whilst you know like um like for example for me um one thing i thought i thought was quite taboo is you know like my parents passed away but i was angry like oh god like why did you make this happen whereas you know culturally it's like you're supposed to not question what 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 god has done but i was angry i'm like listen i'm like we had an you know what happened like for you know i, I prayed to you an hour a couple hours ago so i thought you were gonna be like you know so it's like and like again i don't know what in terms of what sort of things would you say are like not taboo but people don't really speak up maybe because of fear of oh what people are going to perceive me as in terms right. of like widowhood like what what are some things you feel you find that are like people sketch around so there's there's that like you know people will come initially in the first days months and say all sorts like people just I don't even want to get into the kind of things that people say and I think pe most people want to help but um, I think sometimes helping is not always saying something like um, with one of my friends the thing that I remember is she just came and she just laid on the bed with me she didn't say a word and I think sometimes people feel a lot of pressure to say something and sometimes they say things that you know they might regret later or things that rub the bereaved person up the wrong way but they feel that they have to say something and sometimes you know I'm a Christian so people will send scriptures and I remember in the early days like my friends I'm like I don't I don't want to read it um I'm fine don't <laughs> don't send me or I'll just ignore the message I'm not replying to that nah, and they kind of got right now, respectfully like respectfully <laughs> I'm not I'm not beefing God but right now I want to no <laughs> no and I think and I think that's healthy and I think it's I think it's unhealthy to say that you don't question God because you have questions. Will all your questions be answered? No, probably not. Well, some of them maybe. Um, but is it right to feel angry? It's like, it's like, it's that thing of suppressing your feelings and your emotions again. If you're angry, you're angry. Yeah. What you then need to do is look for the right avenue to let that anger out and process it and see what you're going to do with that because i i was definitely angry like all these what have i worked for all these years what were all these sacrifices for and this is how it's going to end really and then i'm just like all the things that i never wanted this is this is what's happened now i was really angry and once i got past that anger then i was angry for my kids like when they would cry i would get so mad and i'd just be angry and i can't be angry at anybody so i'm angry at god like see what these kids are going through all of this stuff I'd get angry until I just you know it was a process but until I decided that actually I'm not going to get angry what I'm going to do because anger is a it's 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 masking something mm. else underneath so when you're angry there's something else there so every time I'm now angry I then began to dig deep and say, what's the actual issue? And it will probably be, I'm really hurt. Like I'm so hurt that this thing's happened to me or I'm really disappointed. And if it means that I cry, that's fine. But I was like, what I don't want to do is be angry and bitter because 
that takes a lot of energy. If it means I cry from today till next week, fair enough. I'll get the emotions out. Eventually I'll stop crying, right? And if I don't, hey. Um, but I was just like, I what I don't want to be is this angry, bitter, jilted person. So in questioning God and asking those questions and feeling your true emotions, I think eventually you'll come back to find your healing. But if you're yeah. not allowed to go through that process in asking questions and being angry in saying whatever you want in telling some people to get lost, then you don't actually let all of that stuff out and then you can't yeah. actually heal because it's, it, it's stuck in your body. It's stuck there in your heart. If you're not asking the questions, it's there going around in your mind. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. But if you're asking the questions, if you're questioning, if you're asking God these questions, um, some of them you'll get an answer for. And for me, I spent um, some time after I started the podcast, I decided that I couldn't hack work anymore. And I spent some time at home just with the children um, for about a year. And, you know, that time I'd ask questions, I'd be on the floor, just, you know, crying, just be there. And I found a lot of healing in that time because I was asking questions. I'd have the same conversations with people, my friends, over and over and over and over and over again. Until yeah. one day there was a breakthrough that I, it meant I could push through to the next level. So asking questions sometimes is quite taboo, but I think it's important um, as part of the healing journey. It's really, really important. Um, another thing I think you know, I, I mentioned it a little bit. People don't know what to say, but you don't have to say anything. Mm. Um, another thing for me, anyway, being particularly widowed is people think that, you know, you've just lost a spouse, but there are so many other secondary losses that come from losing a spouse. So you don't have a person to make decisions with. You're doing things by yourself. There's the financial aspect. There's the emotional aspect as well, because you were living with someone, I was living with someone for 10 years and all of a sudden he's gone. Um, so even just that element of love and intimacy and all of that, that's gone. But people think for the most part, oh, you're grieving, you're, you know, you're heavy in grief, but you don't miss love or the warmth of a person. Um, you do, yeah. you do, because for me, I was married for 10 years. So I was used to that for 10 years. Um, and it's something that, you know, no one really talks about those things. Yeah. You're just grieving. So that's grief. Um, and, and that's it. Um, but there's, what else is there? Um, yeah. And then even like going forward into the future, like, you know, do you remarry? Do you date? What does that look like? How long do you wait? um our widow is only supposed to marry widowers what does all of that stuff look like mm. and um nobody really gives you any any manual for it um and I guess conversations are not always had for the most part conversations are had where either people are widowed and they get married but like what happens in the in-between like tell us mm. what happened there how um and if that's what you want because not everybody even believes in love anymore or wants to, you know, yeah. put themselves out there again. Um, but I think sometimes it's the assumption that, oh, you have to wait like a decade, yeah, yeah, seven that's... years. 
I mean, exactly. That, that, exactly. That, that's that's <laughs> what people think. Because I even uh, today I actually read an article um, uh, on on Grazia about a lady. She had uh she had lost she lost her husband no she lost her husband and um she was basically talking about um how like basically dealing with the grief and getting to a place where she felt like her grief had um she'd in her words that like, loosened up so she was kind of free again and she said something quite interesting in terms of widows and widowers like can, people kind of have this assumption that um when men are have been widowed oh okay cool after you know just you know I, I know you miss intimacy so go and do whatever mm-hmm. if that's remarry if that's have casual thing but whereas she was saying with with the worst is oh um just be respectful give yourself time and then go and remarry but mm-hmm. she was like but how do you know I, I just want to do casual dating as well but it's, it's because like we just kind of assume <laughs> like mm, you're a widow you shouldn't really be you know what I'm saying just be you know don't and it's like listen like I feel like People, listen, people have needs, people, people crave intimacy. It's a, it's a natural thing. And that might, that's not really going to go away once you are a widow. You know, like you said, you said earlier, some people decide not to do that again, remarry again. And, you know, but I, I, I feel like me personally, this is my opinion, I feel like that, that's an age thing because mm. my grandma's in her 80s and I don't think she's getting remarried again. Right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But but you can't. I don't think it's fair to say the same for someone who's widowed in their thirties. Right. Do you know right. what I mean? But then, but, but when you think widowhood and like you kind of think of those expectations, or you have to wait, or you have to like maybe. But honestly, like it's. Well, I mean, yeah, you can probably shed light on that. Like in terms of, I don't know how how you feel about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think um. I think a lot of people, you're right. I think there's a different perspective with men and women. I think with men, there's an expectation that after some time, they'll sort themselves out. With women, especially if you have children, I feel like I feel like the narrative is, or the stereotype is, yeah, just focus on your children and, you know, all of that. And I mean, that's right, because you are focusing on your children, but it doesn't mean that, you know, that's going to fill all the the space you know that you have um and you know there's like when is the right time somebody will say that you know you can't after it's only after one year or after five or whatever but to be honest there's no right or wrong time it's an individual whatever the person feels, if they want to, if they don't want to. But I feel like from a widow or widower's perspective that there's a lot of judgment that comes. Like people will be like, you know, if they move on where people think, oh, that's too soon, however long that is. And did you not love your husband or did you not love your wife? And you're like, but what's that got to do? do with you loving you're still gonna love that person whether you marry or get into a relationship or have casual flings you're still gonna love that person and that's gonna go throughout your whole life because you didn't actually break up like you didn't actually have an official end to this and it's it's there it you being with somebody else doesn't replace that it doesn't replace it at all. Um, and I think that's the thing that people don't understand. They kind of think, you know, oh, you're in a new relationship now, life is good. It, it can be good, but it doesn't 
it doesn't take away or negate from the love or the feelings or the grief that you still have. Like you can be married and you will still feel griefy. The anniversaries will come, the dates will come, all of that, you will still have that. And I think that's something that people don't quite understand. They, for the most part, I see it as people feel like it's a replacement of the other, but you can't replace people. People are individuals, so you can never replace one person over the other. You have a different story with one person and you're there trying to create a new story with somebody else. So it's it's not the same. It has nothing to do with one another. So in my opinion, if someone was to, um, you know, meet somebody after a few months after their spouse died or whatever, that's that's on them. That's up to them. Does it mm. mean that they didn't love their spouse? No, it doesn't. It has it has nothing to do with that. They're two separate yeah. things because that person is technically not here. So you can still love them. If you're grieving, it means that you love them. Yeah. So you can still love them, but they're not here. And some yeah. people uh, are more practical in moving forward with their lives and taking steps to say, okay, I'm going to move forward with my life. Um, but it doesn't mean I'm moving on or forgetting because you can't. Um, and that's something that I'm glad that you mentioned that I couldn't maybe be able to speak into because I think a lot of people don't quite get that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it, it's very, very different. It, it's, it's true. And just um, um, back to, sorry, were you going to say something? Oh yeah, sure. I, I just wanted to ask from what were your kids when you decided to do dating? Were, were your children, did you tell them that, oh, this is what I'm going to do? Or was that something that you just thought, let me say at the at the right time? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's yeah. just for open. Yeah, no, no, no. That's a good question, Ben. So, actually, my maybe because my children are younger, um, I guess people people can be different, and yeah, different situations, different. But you know, my kids were the ones kind of. I won't say forcing me, but encouraging me to like, be like, are you sure you're not going to like, I remember one awkward situation. I don't know what they've been watching. Maybe all these American shows. They're like, mum. What, what this know? is us, yeah? <laughs> no, no, no. Something, something else. Maybe something on um, the Disney Channel or whatever. And they're like, oh, mum, you know, are you dating? And I was like, what? So I was like, no. And they were like, you know, we could set up a dating profile for you. I was like, what do you know about dating profiles? <laughs> so um, okay. that, was, that was even far before I was even ready. Um, so I think their hearts are definitely more open. Obviously, they go through different periods and they've asked questions and all of that. But I think they're quite secure in knowing that, you know, their dad's not going to be replaced. Um, so I think it, it may feel easy for them. And again, they're quite younger um and they're like me love love so um they they were actually there before me um so they'd say all these things to me and I'm like yeah just rolling my eyes so I mean I guess that would get to the the yeah the next question (laughs) in terms of like dating like how did I get to to that place or what does that even look like I mean, I I wouldn't fully like put my leg in it to say that, yeah, I've been dating for a long time, but I've been open to it for probably about, about a year um, now. Um, and yeah, I've met people, but I think 
the the good thing is you know from this journey and even just being married I know I think I I think I know what I want and I definitely have um wisdom in just discerning things and I don't I don't particularly need to be with anyone so I think I was saying it to you Jermaine the other time that a lot of people my age in their early 30s and they're wanting to settle down and they want to have a family and you know do the house call mm. stuff and a lot of those things I've kind of already done like I've got kids already so I don't mm. particularly need to to settle down you know because of that um, so I think I'm definitely sort of taking my time and being intentional and, and making sure that it's, you know, all for the right reasons. Yeah. And I take regular breaks because it can be quite overwhelming in terms of just meeting new people, because sometimes that then triggers what you had and you're like, mm. oh, gosh, like, why do I have to go through this again? Or why do I need to start? who is this person? Like, I don't know you from anywhere. What? I mean, you do, but that's what your mind is saying. Like, oh, I like how, how many times like have it. you got to say your yeah. favourite colour? Like, how yeah. do I do this again? <laughs> yeah, having to start all over again. And you're like, oh, this is long. Like, I don't want to do this. Just give me my person back. You give me the person yeah. that I had. Like, yeah. um, so sometimes it triggers those kind of emotions and um I just take I just take regular breaks so I probably take more breaks than I'm actually active but I mean the work in progress right <laughs> yeah exactly but um you know when you said like because like most people dating they're they're probably thinking well some people are probably thinking okay right I'm dating to marry kids whereas you've already kind of done that so like uh I would I would say what what is what are your kind of what's your what's your ideal kind of scenario then see because you already have you've already kind of you have the kids you've had yeah you've had you have the kids and yeah. so like I guess then for you be quite quite look quite differently com- compared to the conventional person right. kind of dating right so I, I think it's 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 that you know after so now I've been almost three years in sort of looking after the most of the things like finances home the this that the children so from a practical element I can kind of do do it all if you want to say um so the main part for me probably um is companionship that's the only part I can't give myself so Mm, I I can can keep myself company but I can't be another person so um it would just have to be somebody who I enjoy spending time with doing life with for however long we have and hopefully Mm. it's long um, but yeah, that would be the ideal. And obviously I've got kids, right? So someone who's able to embrace them and yeah, just just be. So someone to do life with really. So yeah. I think um, it sounds like it's not a lot, but I think, yeah, I think it's quite, um, it's quite a lot in terms of, you know, that's where my head is at. I'm not thinking, oh, you know, all the things that I would have been thinking, you know, when I originally got married, like it's like I'm a new, I'm a new person on, I've matured, yeah. I've grown, I've stretched. Um, so, so yeah, and I guess I'm quite, um, I think I know more what I want and what I don't want and what I don't need. Um, so, so yeah, but it's been an interesting journey. 
been an interesting journey. <laughs> the way your face person has the interesting, bad, interesting, good, good. Like, listen, I've met some. Like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> like this, this ain't this ain't it. This ain't it. <laughs> no, I mean, I say I was open a year now, so like, um, yeah, COVID and just yeah, it's it's just interesting, like. I mean, I got married at 21, so I missed out on all of, like, what people do in their 20s. And I'm, like, learning again, like, oh, what's this? What's that? How does this work? um, So in one sense, it's it's quite, I would say nice, but it's interesting to kind of experience another aspect of life. And you're like, oh okay all right um and then yeah like I said I just take regular breaks I'm like nah I'm done with this <laughs> <laughs> no I, I feel like that's you you have to kind of even though like you're being open you kind of have to give yourself time to ease into it and just uh, navigate through it how you want to do it not you know not having to make expectations but yeah. but that's the thing even just when you you um think of dating in general usually for most people that there's always an end goal most people and sometimes there can be pressure to be the end goal but whereas like you know I mean I'm sure we all can all want companionship at some point you know a lot of things we can do for ourselves you know like nowadays you often see this kind of thing on socials where it's like men versus women or actually we both meet each other like it's not even let's not let's not even front you know but um but that's that's yeah that's just you know social media is not real was going to be that you know um but i wanted to bring that debate we had to the audience yeah and to ben like because i i i i just want to i just want to just i want to just get through that and i and i want um to see ben's point of view and the people listening um so folk folk let me just give the context yeah yeah i was gonna say give people background so what it is there's a there's a show it's not a spoiler because this happens is gonna happen. It was happened. There's a show called uh, "This Is Us," mm-hmm. um, so it's it follows like it's like a family. There's like um, two no, there's three kids. One of them is adopted, and it kind of it kind of goes back and forth like in time. Um, I'm not, I know I'm not explaining it right because I haven't watched it in a while, but it, it kind of goes back and forth in time and shows how um, their dad passed away, and. Um, so what happens throughout the series, it shows how each each um, child is dealing with the grief. Like I think um, the youngest, no, the young is the youngest the daughter. Is she the youngest? Or is, is the guy? Yeah, isn't they're, it? they're triplets, remember? Oh yes, yes. Oh yeah, yeah, the triplets. triplets. Okay. So they're all the same yeah. age. But so I think the so so the girl, mm-hmm. I feel like she has the most kind of I think she has a sense of guilt and she she's always she has some I feel like she kind of blames herself yeah, for, yeah. for the dad's yeah, death because dad's she death, um yeah. she wanted the dad to rescue the cat from the bed and house yeah. and the dad did that and um the dad um passed away um due to smoke smoke inhalation now um as I said before that the, the series goes back and forth so it goes like in time when they're older mm-hmm. and stuff like that yeah now now the mum, the uh, the guy's husband. Now she's remarried. She's she's remarried, but are 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 you waiting for the for the for the for the real messed? Well, I would say messed up, but for the real kind of kicking the teeth personally, yeah, mm. to the dad is she's remarried to the dad's best friend. Yeah. Now I said I think 
listen, my if God touch wood, if any of my friends were to pass away, I would do the honorable thing and make sure I look after the family. Yeah. But there's boundaries. I would I, I don't think I can ever go like that. I don't I think in my I think he, in his head it would, it would be like to me, okay, Jermaine, look after the family. But I know what that means. It doesn't mean go and marry my wife. <laughs> you know, what, what sort of thing. But so I, I I'm so what I'm saying is that I feel like that's wrong on his that's wrong on his part right not not the mum's part right. and so first before we go back into so ben what what do you what do you think about that is is that is that is that right or wrong question <laughs> you know um i'll probably say it's wrong because obviously it's something that you don't want to do after something um tragic happens so i don't know i think he was just a bit confused or he wasn't really um thinking straight so he didn't really decide decide whether or not if he was doing the right thing so i don't know i think he he, he just rushed into conclusion he done what he thought was right and for everyone else as well but i don't know no nah, probably not okay so you so you're with me so it's two it's two against one yeah, yeah. now like i said before i i just feel like there's there's me personally, I don't think I can ever, no matter if the woman says, oh, you know what, oh, my friend said, you know what, look after it in that, I just can't do it, I just can't do it. I, and I feel even bad knowing that I'm doing that, like, whilst you're in, whilst you're six feet, I don't know, it's, it's I feel some sort of karma is, is coming for me, man, I don't know, I just, I, I, I can't do it, man, like, I just feel like it's not, it won't sit right with my spirit, but, but at the same time, I do understand, I do kind of understand it from a point of view where, like, Let's not be selfish. Like, no, whether you're widow that whatever age, you still need companionship. So, what I said earlier about, you know, this whole age difference of, you know, we expect people who are older that lose uh, some a partner, or they don't, they don't need to remarry. Yeah, listen, my, I don't think person. I'm not saying my grandma doesn't have love around her, but I don't see her getting remarried. But that is, that is to say, someone who's in the eighty can't get remarried. They can find love again. That's not to say that because uh, it's not. I'm not. It's not an ageist thing, but. I just feel like if you were to do all that, there's there's a million one people in the world. I don't. It doesn't have to be the best friend of my grandpa, or it doesn't have. To, do, do you know what I mean? I I just feel like <laughs> that's a that's a that's a but, that's a. But, that's a but it's all well and good to say that. This is this is where we were debating the other day because it's not like I'm for it or against it. I mean, I yeah, I'm not going to be doing that. But and not because you know. I am just not going to be doing that. But at the same time, there are people who have done that and are happy. There's people who have married the late spouse's husband or, I'm sorry, brother or the other way around. That one I will never get. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was just, I was saying, I think when we were talking about this, Jermaine, I was like, but is it fair to the woman on the other side to kind of be like labelled as this person's property or this person's widow or this person's, even if that person's not here. I mean, they may want to be known as that or whatever, but I don't know, the person is not here. So what I'm just saying is, what I was just saying is that life, yeah, has just taught me that anything can happen. <laughs> as long as you're not hurting anyone, mm. as long as you're both okay with it, do do whatever yeah. you like. Even sorry to cut you off, Jermaine. No, even right. if um your loved one was here, 
your loved one wants you to be happy right so even mm. you know if someone says oh this person is how can they be dating or how could they be even thinking about that this person has just died yeah. your loved one I know my husband if he wasn't he's not here but he wants me to be happy I know that for a fact yeah. I would put money on that anybody who knows him knows that he wants me to be happy at all costs if he can't make me happy because he's not here whatever the other alternative is he wants me to have that um and I think it's that that mindset as well that you know that the loved one will be angry how do we know the loved one will be angry maybe yeah. that's what the loved one will want if you love someone you want whatever makes them happy I mean I don't yeah. think my loved one would want me to be crying and to um not live my life because he's not around actually I understand that he knows that I will grieve him and I will always grieve him but if he loved me and if he ever did, he would want me to be happy. And that would be the mm. same on the other side. You're not going to, you know, I, I maybe I just have this imagination, but I'm just thinking if if it was me and my loved one was there and it was my husband here and whatever, um, would I want him to be happy? Would I want to see him smiling? Because if he's smiling and happy, that means the kids are smiling and happy. That means they mm. grow up whole. They're not, you know, they're not turning me into this memorial stone in the house somewhere and, you know, crying over me. They're actually living life as mm. much as they can um, because I'm not here. That would make my spirit happy. I don't know about anybody else. Um, I mean, you know, I, again, I'm a Christian, so I believe in heaven. I don't think we're going to be thinking about who's sleeping in whose bed at that point. It would just be like, who's who's going to make you happy? Are you happy? Please be happy. Yeah, and <laughs> but that's my perspective. <laughs> no, honestly, it's true. And I think what, what I'm realising, even though I, I say that like, I wouldn't do it, but you know what, if that person's happy, that's that's cool. It's, it's, just, it's just me. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm, I'm judging people who, who were to, if they were to kind of, um, a woman was to like, date her remarry her, her husband uh, her husband's um friend and you know and vice versa i will never because and you don't understand what's go, what's going on so it's not and i think it's easy from when you're, when you're on the outside looking in oh what you don't right you did that that's so you're seeing him now that wasn't your, like, all this judgment all these judgments from we don't understand even when you said your kids people might think oh what the, the kids don't want to replace me but your, your your kids are saying mommy when are you going to put yourself out there you know what I'm trying to say, but people just think, "Oh, what the kid? Oh, let's protect the kids. Don't like, you know." And and we always hear this in in um in uh, uh you know like you know like Nigerians about to quote scripture and stuff. Oh, you know like as they said, when it comes to people who have lost both parents, don't worry, God is the mum and dad now. Mm-hmm. Or oh, when it comes to people who've been widowed, don't worry, uh, you know, um, God is now your husband. And I and I and I and I hear it, but okay, but. What, what am I going to do when I'm stuck on the eight, on the M25 with a flat tire? It's got to it's got to come through for you and change the tire. You know what I'm trying to say? So it's like right, right. when you think of practical things, like right. I'm not saying it's it's not it's 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 not wrong. That's spiritually, you know. No, it's what I'm trying to say. But let's be real. Like, yeah, can we true. physically can can he help us when you know to do that DIY on 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 that mm-hmm. on that on that shelf you've been needing to fix? Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? so it's like, God, he's, oh, 
people. Yeah, God uses people. So the same way God will be your husband and he will look after you, he's still going to use people to do that. Yeah, exactly, 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 exactly. Or another woman in your life to to be that. Um, And I think that's important because... I remember people will say that a lot to me and, you know, I'm not saying I, to be honest, I'm so thankful that, you know, I know that God has been like a husband to me in terms of making sure that I'm okay sending people because that's what God will do for the most part. He will do something or he will send people to you to step in um, to, to those roles for that time and that season. But to negate it, to say that, you know, you will be okay because you know you won't yeah. feel the loss you'll feel it because i had god before i had my children and i had a husband yeah. <laughs> so now yeah. someone is missing <laughs> so i would definitely feel it um but you know i think i think for the most part people's heart behind it is that you know you'll be okay you'll be looked after but yeah. it can sometimes be taken out of context to say you know what you don't even you don't even need yeah, companionship, yeah, exactly. you'll be okay. And that's not the truth, especially if you've experienced before and experienced it before and you enjoyed it. Um, you you know, you will definitely feel the the lack of companionship or friendship or whatever. So Yeah, no, and I wasn't saying that to say that oh God can't come through. Of course, God can help in many different ways, but I just meant in terms of when people say, Oh, you know, God's husband, in terms of like saying that in in response to dismiss everything else you, right you know what absolutely I mean? of course absolutely. like god like because even you mentioned um when you're having a conversation on your podcast with um i keep forgetting the name i'm Bim so Tom. sorry yeah Tom. she was saying um there's a time i think she was was she stuck in traffic or something mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nicole? and then and then something well she I was think... in in, a, in some sort of a of a, a ruckus and well, not ruckus but she was in a situation and somehow mm-hmm. something happened Mm-hmm. and you know so that, that again that's an example of god working Absolutely. you know god uh, stepping up for her you know so of course it's, it's different things and and the reality of it is that you know grief is not nice but you know like our needs are still going to be our needs you know and it, you know with every every type of grief we're always going to have to learn how to move on not without the person but with, with you know with the people so you know whether you decide to move on that doesn't mean you've forgotten about um, the person and some of what you know what but in that scenario all that matters is the kids if, if the kids you have if the kids have your have your um giving them blessing it doesn't matter what that person said that person said because at the end of the day my, my kids are good right that's the main thing so i think it's just like important important to to remember that man because it's not easy and sometimes as well we kind of um well, let me speak for myself. I kind of always worry about what people think at times and, and think, you know, you need to think about yourself in this. It's not even about, because I don't know, you can do this, you know, um, do something and think, oh, yeah, I'm, I don't want to, I'm doing this because I don't want people to think about this about me. But sometimes you have to just do it for yourself, man. You will literally just kill yourself mentally trying to please other people and trying to make sure that they understand or, or portray yourself in a perfect way because it's, it's, it's far from that. You know, like grief, grief isn't grief is not an easy thing to deal with. But you know, someone telling you how to deal with it or what you shouldn't do, no, yeah. only only you can do do that, man. You can't, yeah, because they won't know. No. They won't know. Yeah. They won't know. So, you know, I'm not saying you, you've probably had. I don't. I don't know if you've had that, but I'm sure, like, you know, you, you know, the response 
to to that if someone said to you, oh, whoa, whoa, that's a bit quick. Or are you, are you sure you're ready? Like, you, we'll 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 see. I've never really spoken about dating before, so when this comes out, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, exactly. So you know, I'm I'm sure like, it, and that you know what it is, what your ideal scenario is, and so long as that's coming to fruition, that's the main thing. You know, so it doesn't matter what you know what anyone anyone says. You know, I think I think that's something that grief has taught me now to just not care um, mm. about what other people think because at the end of the day, when you're crying, when you're having those pains when you feel like your heart is actually broken because um I was telling you the last time Jermaine that you know when my husband died I literally felt like my heart was broken mm. like, and up until I think it was this year I didn't know that it's actually a thing it's widower syndrome you can die of a broken heart yeah well, yeah what's it called what's it called what I think syndrome? it's widow widower syndrome or something like that yeah, but you can die of a broken heart. And that's probably why I felt the way I felt. Like I literally felt like my heart had been broken. And when it came to the one year anniversary of my husband's death, it was like, oh my gosh, I survived a year. Mm. And that was like, oh, so that means I can actually survive with this broken heart. So the lows that I've <laughs> seen on my journey negates anything anybody else has to say because nobody was there with me no one's heart was there breaking as mine has when I've been crying alone um at home on the floor in my pillow on my tough days and no one else is there then nobody else has inputs into my life how I should live it what I should do because you were not there at my lowest moments you were not there um, you, so you can't tell me how to navigate my grief. You can't tell me what's wrong and what's right. I mean, you can. Will I listen? Probably not, because mm. it's not your journey. It's mine. And I have to be true to myself. So um, I, think, I think it's important for people to know that people will always talk about something. People will always say something about something. Um, it's just left for you to know, have I done or have I been true to myself? And yeah. I think that's been very important for me, just coming back to a place of healing that actually even where people say things or other people think a certain way, I have to go with the decision that I want to make for me. Yeah. And that's been quite empowering actually. And that's, and that's helped me a bit because, I mean, I can't allow other people to live my life for me, right? I have to yeah. live my life myself however mm. I want to live it 100%. Um, yeah so so I think you know grief has sort of made me a little bit badass in that manner that I can actually be like you know what I don't really care um or and I'm not you know I'm a very sensible person but even with that you know I'm just like no no one can come in and say what they think you know, mm. it's, it's about what I want to do. And this is my life. And we know that life can be short. So am I living it to the fullest? Or am I living it based on what I think I should or yeah. shouldn't be doing or what society says or what people think? Or am I living it from, you know, what what I think uh, is true to myself? What's yeah. What feels authentic to me? 
Um, so, so yeah, those are the things that I've begun to sort of unpack. And with that, I'm just like, oh, who cares? I don't care what people are saying. But, no, it's you true. know, it's true. doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. But, yeah, yeah I'm not going to let it rule my life. It's true. Like, even I think when we said, um, when we was talking, like, you have to, because what it is, sometimes it's easy to fall into that state of, like, oh, well, this didn't go right for me. I thought I would, this would never happen to me. But you have to be aggressive with with, with the things you want and your happiness because we kind of know that it doesn't work. Like, like, it doesn't, like, oh, yeah, our fairy tale is going to come come happen because, you know, we're good people or because, right, right, you right, know, right, like, right. you have to be intentional. And and part of the intention is is not, it's kind of putting yourself first and not thinking, you know what, oh, but what, what are they going to think of me if I do this and that? What mm-hmm. are they going to think of me if I do this and that? Because I feel like with grief, yeah, people kind of expect you to be in this um, constant cycle of sorrow and pain and, like, right, right, right. you know, maybe, maybe even looking at someone, oh, this person, like, and the thing is what I always try to, not, not in an arrogant way, like, I don't, I don't, I'm not asking for sympathy. When I, when I talk about this thing, it's only by, by the strength of God, I'm able to talk about it freely. So I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I don't talk about lost both parents out of sympathy or I, I get that sympathy might come from that, but it's not my intention. I'm, I'm literally just talking about this and, and one, I'm just trying to help others as well. But I think sometimes people can can have you in that cycle of, oh, poor so-and-so, yeah. you know, yeah. like, I, you know, I've lost both parents and I haven't lost my mind, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not like, well, touch wood, I've got one gray hair, but I don't have like, <laughs> I don't have crazy, you know what I'm trying to say? That I don't, it's not, you know what I mean? It's not, I don't like if grief was to look like like a mess we don't look like a mess do you know what I'm trying to say right, so I feel right, like right, right. I to understand that like you know like show up for yourself you know I know it's it's easy don't get me wrong because there are days when it's you're just not there you're not just moving there might be days or even months but mm. you see when you just go out and have a string in your step don't let anyone knock you down a peg because no one knows what you've got like we've we've been through the hardships do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, no one, no one's gonna understand that, and I, I don't even want anyone to go through stuff. But, and and again, I'm not saying this like, oh, you know, I'm this with, I'm this amazing, strong person. But some people might not even get through half of this, half, even half of the things I've had to do. Do you know what I mean? But that doesn't mean, you know, I've done it all myself. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that I've had, thankfully, I've had a lot of support, yeah. and, and and you know, finding strength to even start start a platform. Mm-hmm. to talk about these things it's you know it's it's not just by myself i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie do you know what i'm trying to say so i think it's just about you know just just be easy on yourself man it's, it, like i said earlier like sometimes this group it just makes you feel old like not not physically but just like oh i'm tired like i just want to mm. have a break like you know because one day if it's not if, if i'm not one day it's, it's something okay I'm, I'm good today the yeah. next day oh then then it's like okay, a new year comes along oh another year of anniversary, right. another year of another birthday, another year of this. And on top of that, on top of that as well, there's even going to be more grief because someone else might, might pass away. Then it's, do you know what I mean? So it's like, it's, it's just like, ah, like, when will we catch a break? Yeah, I think Jermaine made a really good point about how um, the things that he's dealt with has happened at a young age. And obviously a lot of people will say, oh, they want to be like me or they want to be like Jermaine or they want to be like Abby, but some people might not be able to handle the things that we've been through at a young age because it could wipe them out. If, if, if it did happen, then some people might not be able to control or handle it. So it takes a different kind of strength to go through these things because a lot of people wouldn't even go, go to, towards the end, you know? You know, I never, 
I never would have thought that this is how my life looks. But is my life particularly bad? No, it's just different. It's really mm. different to what I expected. Is it bad? Not particularly. Is it yeah, exactly. good? Yes, there's, there's goodness in it. Um, I won't lie and say that there's no good parts in it. My life will never be good again, even though that's what I really thought. Like I thought my life was over. But mm. now as time has gone past, as I've grown, as I've gone through some healing, I can understand that things are different. Um, and different can also be good, um, but it is different, so. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not It's not how, you, I don't know, I just think with happiness, it's, it's something that it may not be how we, no. how we imagine it to be. No. But, it, you know, God willing, it's still going to happen. There's, there's still happiness after grief. Yeah. You can still choose happiness. You can still look at your life or look at the things that you want to do or look at the things that you have left and say, okay, what do I do with this stuff? Mm now trust me like uh, you're 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 absolutely right like i know sometimes it's hard to see all that you know because the rubble is just so huge and you mm -hmm. can't see how see how you can climb past it mm. but trust me there's happiness after the group and i don't, I don't say that to dismiss people's grief because everyone's grief is different but trust me right. there's happiness after the grief and i think yeah. if anything we're, we're, we're testament to that man right you know yeah. um that's yeah that's what yeah that, that's that's what i i, I would say like and I think that's a perfect way to well, unless anyone has anything else to add as we as we round up. Um, but I, I think yeah, in in a long short of it, like there still happens after grief. Um, you know, and and I hope that everyone that's been listening that they 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 get something from your story as they do with all the other stories. But just knowing that listen, like, even as as a as a woman, like or as a they, you know, even though like society has different expectations of us, but it's not about that. Just do what makes you happy. Like if you want to move on after X amount, if after a year, after two, like do what's best for you. Like the only thing that matters is is your happiness, and in your case, and the happiness of your of your children. You know, so you know. But um, this has been this has been good. Um, you know, we we'll probably run over time, but listen. <laughs> Sometimes it gets like that. Um, yeah. I was thinking, sure. oh my gosh, how are you going to edit this episode? Yeah, no, nah, you know, <laughs> yeah, just ask me. I've asked me as well, but honestly, it's, it's, it's fine. It's not going to be a problem. Um, but just before we go, I mean, you've already plugged your podcast, but not unless anything else you want to plug, anything that you, um, you're doing, you've got coming up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the podcast is called In every season so you can find it everywhere spotify um apple Podcasts, anywhere that you can listen to podcasts it's there and um, you can find me on instagram at in dot every season um website will be up and running by the end of the month by god's grace nice. so that will be in every season.co.uk um so that will be up and running and you can listen to podcasts I'm also writing um, a children's book um, nice. and it's it's grief related. So that will be released quite soon. Um, if people want to follow me, um, details on the launch of that will be out quite soon. Um, so yeah, I'm really, really excited about that actually, because that's it's a story based on um, a dream that my son had. Um, mm -hmm. It's really like colorful and magical and, it, it just go, it talks about grief, like there's an undertone of grief, but mm. 
fun is on the surface so it looks fun and beautiful and lovely but it also tells a story as well of and um, you know just how we say our goodbyes and how we process grief so that'll be out soon so I'm really excited about that um I think that's it really <laughs> <laughs> no I, I was gonna I was gonna say to, um sorry I know you mentioned the link to that I, I mean I, I mean we can I'm just gonna put in episode notes as well but I'm not mm. sure how soon you're promoting it so if you're not doing that yet that's that's fine we'll just leave yeah it. yeah yeah I'll, I'll so are you talking about the book or are you talking about yeah yeah um, yeah, the book, yeah, the book. yeah so the book is is going to be promoting soon yeah thank you for coming on the podcast this is it's been a long one but um how, how long has it been it's been almost two hours. like an hour and oh, 50 minutes or something yeah almost two hours yeah that's wow but anyway thank you for for everyone that's made it to the end um you can find us, your hosts, Jermaine and Ben, on Instagram. Mine is main, for, main underscore thoughts. And what's your... Um, ben, you name, ben? ben Aqua uh, underscore, yeah. And you can also find our podcast page, Thinking Out Loud Pod underscore. Um, follow us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, also on YouTube as well. Yeah, yeah, YouTube as well. Though this will be on YouTube, so subscribe. Um turning your notifications, all of that. And um, we hope you've learned, we've hoped we've enjoyed um, Abby's story and just the conversation. But um, thank you guys for listening. Abby, it's a pleasure. Yeah, you too. Thank you, Jermaine. Thank you, Ben. Um, It's been a pleasure talking to you. And yeah, it's been a really good conversation.